Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Wednesday and I'm back and welcome listeners whether you're live or listening to the archive show I welcome everybody past present and future listeners and just appreciate so much having this opportunity to share with you all and we just we do good work together and I really appreciate it and I just wanted everybody to know if you don't know me um I guess you'll get to know me if you're listening to the show. I hope you'll listen to more than this this show. If you're new, you'll go and listen to some of the other archive shows and continue to listen to the future shows. The, you know, the higher self voice is vast. We bring in a lot of information. The there's shifts and changes that go on and expansion. I mean, it's exciting. So if you start with the earlier shows, the ones I did in 2011, all the information is great. And as you go over the two years, 2011 and 12, you'll really see a lot of shifts and changes over that time. I took a year off to work on writing my second book, and I came back in 2014, and the show is completely shifted now, to helping those of you who want immediate help to give you that jump start. And... I started out inviting callers or people to email me. It's becoming more clear that the email requests, I'm getting many more of those than I'm getting call-ins. So I tend to now arrive at each show with at least a couple email requests, which is fine. The show is right in the middle of the workday. A lot of people cannot listen live, and therefore they don't call in. However... Either way, it's equally effective. The show is equally effective. Now, I also should just mention, I was talking to somebody yesterday, who said, well, you know, you've got to market yourself more. <laughs> My focus is really almost always on the healing portion, and I do forget to, quote-unquote, market myself, but I do want to mention my website, JanetRichmond.com. There's a lot of information on there. Most of it is free. You can purchase private sessions. You can purchase my book. Uh, My book is Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints. So you can do that. You can also get a lot of information on there for free. And, of course, there's some blogs and there's just a lot of stuff. So I encourage you to take a look at the website and... I must not forget to give you my email address, Janet Richmond. Now it's Janet at JanetRichmond.com. Just email me if you have a request for healing. And whether you've requested never before or three times before or 18 times before, it doesn't matter. If you have a request for healing, please ask. Because honestly, every healing I do on the radio helps not only that individual, but all the listeners, past, present, and future, and many other souls that come in 
during the healing sessions, and you'll see as we start today at two really good healings to do. I'll get there in a minute. The There's a lot of healing that goes on just because as a group, we are connecting with the divine energies that we all carry, and those divine energies are then brought into a state of expansion and amalgamation with much, much, a lot more infinite resource of divine energy. And then souls around the globe, even around the universe, partake in that energy, whatever they need, because this divine energy carries everything that any soul could want, whether it may not be ready, but if it's ready, then it can move in and partake of the energy. And it's souls at any level. So trust me when I say these radio shows are very much an opportunity for many souls, not just the one person that I'm working on healing. Um, Now, those who are listening consciously can also get the healing, even though I'm doing the healing on one individual on the show, the issues. We have so much commonality in our journey through the human kingdom universe that even though our individual experiences are unique for us, we're all snowflakes, but there's enough commonality to actually participate in the healing for someone else and work on the same issues that come up for them, whether it be something like, and I was mentioning this, I don't know why, but I seem to be stuck on the idea that we all carry shame, we all carry fear, we all carry doubt, we all carry disconnection or distrust or uh, abuse patterns or victim patterns, whatever it is, we carry them in different degrees, we carry them from different directions and different causes, but if I'm working on someone that has those patterns, everyone out there can be actively neutralizing and working on those patterns for themselves. If you're an archive listener or if you re-listen to a show that you got a lot out of and you want to hear it again, you can always pause it. You can pause the recording. If something I mentioned triggers something for you, but I don't continue with the words or the ideas that are coming up for you, you can pause it and start to release all those things that are coming up specifically for you. I mean, it's really a great opportunity and a great tool to use. Okay, now before I get on to this very intense healing that we're going to have today, I want to give you some feedback because I got some feedback from Eileen. For those of you who listened, I think it was last week. First of all, I want to thank Eileen for the feedback, both Eileen and Karen it was Karen who I did the other, uh, yeah, um, I did the other healing on. They both wrote me almost immediately, and I have yet to get back to either one of them to thank them so much for their immediate feedback. The reason is, is that I'm really working hard on this editing process. I have this professional editor now that's working with me on this second book, and I'm way behind. So I kind of have put emails on the back burner because I can spend two or three hours just responding to emails because you probably figured it out by now. I'm not much of a soundbite person. So if I get a really great email from someone, I'm going to spend time to respond. And so I just think to myself, okay, I'm going to get to them later. And then a few days, or in this case, almost a week has gone by. So I want to say right up front, thank you, thank you, thank you for the feedback from Eileen and from Karen. It really helps all the listeners 
because they hear my healings and sometimes they're a little, I don't know, off the wall or something. And they might think, really? What is she saying that for? I mean, I don't know how people respond because being on the radio, I don't get the response from the general listener unless somebody emails me. You never know. But that's why the feedback from the individual is really helpful for all of you to see that as off the mark I might seem or as out of left field things might go, it really can have a powerful effect on the actual individual that it is the healing is being done for. So if you all remember, I did a healing on Eileen. She had this issue when she was singing that her jaw would move forward, her lower mandible would protrude forward, and in her singing lesson, she would haul, you know, push the jaw back, but when she's performing, you can't be pushing your jaw back, because when she has it protruding, it it takes away from the quality of her singing voice. It's not as pure and clear when that jaw protrudes forward, and, and I got this, I don't know, seemingly out of left field of her being in a life where she was very deformed. She was a male in that life and had was very deformed and had a very, very difficult life. And she had a sort of a, a protruding jaw in that life, just a very oversized jaw. And without going through the whole thing, because I don't remember it, whatever, but there was a huge amount of issues that she came away from that life with. She was basically abandoned by her family. She found some sort of entertainment-type troupe. It's hard, it was hard for me to really describe it because I couldn't get it exactly, but they would go around, and he developed an ability to make fun of himself. He developed an ability to mimic, and through mimicry of animal sounds and whatever sounds, and overemphasizing his ugliness in a way, he was able to make a living entertaining. And yet he felt so isolated and so everything was so difficult, so painful in that life. So I don't remember it exactly and I haven't given you near the detail that came out then, but here's what she says. She says, wow, I listened to the healing twice today. It was even more intense than the previous healing you did. Just hearing those words made me cry like it felt from the deepest of my being. While I had no conscious memory association with the events you described, it was as if something inside knew slash remembered and the floodgates just opened, tears pouring out. Boy, I had no idea that so much pain and hurt could be connected to my jaw. It allowed me to connect some dots about feelings of isolation and disconnection and feeling ugly I had experienced early in my earlier life, and to be honest, I feel that it still played some role. Even though in this life I'm a beautiful, radiant woman, I've always felt in my teens and 20s that I had to be prettier in order to be accepted and worthy of connection. Yeah, there was a whole theme of ugliness around this poor guy, really. Also, despair and creativity. Now, I saw a connection with creativity it was as if out of the despair of this horrible life this person, this guy went through, he was forced to, to develop his creativity, to develop humor, and develop a way to 
enable him to eat and have shelter and everything else. So he was in this entertainment group. But what happened was she had this connection to the idea that she had to be in despair in order to be creative. And it may not have been a conscious um, a conscious connection, but that was there. It was as if she had that despair and that horror in that life was tied to the creativity and somehow there was that she was anchored in that that situation kind of and so we worked on neutralizing the belief that in order to be creative she had to be miserable okay so she says um now that you brought it to my attention yes i had the belief that misery slash despair makes creative and i didn't feel creative when all went well so she said, thanks for cleaning that one up. So I'm glad that it did. She said, both healings you did made me realize it's special to be on earth today. Yes, and I know you guys have heard me say that. This is such a great time to be on earth. It seems like, and then she goes on to say, it seems like all our garbage cans are being emptied so that we can grieve for and heal the previous experiences and recycle our energy. I can imagine that in earlier times we didn't have the conscious access to so many healers, no internet and more institutions, and the body of the information from the higher self voice. I noticed that it increases and increases my levels of compassion, becoming more appreciative and mild toward myself and all people, even when they react emotionally strong to each other, because she now sees that we're all dealing with and trying to heal our patterns. This is very insightful. This is really great, Eileen. Eileen is fairly new to, to this work, so she's picking it up really fast. I also notice that I feel increased tingling of energy at the top of my head when I engage in the radio show healings. And overall, I notice sensations in my body when connecting and amalgamating. I also notice that it challenges all that I believed and that, that I was and what my calling is and that it is intense to work with this energy. She's just trusting, she says, that with training it becomes easier and that the dissolving of the facade, which is all that is really untrue, is happening to create the space for the true foundation. And that requires heading for unknown territory which she says, which still isn't my favorite, but I keep releasing and am taking steps forward. And this is a lot of real insight, and it's really, she hit the nail on the head that, yes, the more we release of the facade, the more it allows us to connect with our true foundation and develop it and empower that true foundation. And, yes, it does bring us into unknown territory. And there are fears around this, and I will get to that in a second. She goes on to ask a question. How, she'd like to ask me, she said. How did you learn become adept at managing the intensity of this work? Is it just practice or is there also a particular negative feeling slash pattern in play that we can self-heal? So I mentioned that question so that I can share it with the listeners because some, some of you guys may have that same question. I don't know. But there's certainly a chance because it's not the first time I've had that question asked of me. So honestly, though, when I started the work in 1984, 
the energy intensity was much, much less than it is today. And I do remember adjustments, of course. I remember sometimes these huge issues would come up and I'd be neutralizing them. And even though it would feel great because on some level I felt lighter, and this still happens, by the way, sometimes it could make me dizzy. Sometimes um, I, I just... I felt like, and you've heard me say this on the radio, I feel like I'm la-la land. It's like I'm disconnected in some way with the, you know, it's even hard to put the words around. I feel disconnected in some way um, from the physical body. Not that I'm out of body or anything. It's not like that. It's just like a sort of a zingy kind of feeling. Well, over time... I did get used to it, and it doesn't happen where it makes it, it, it's not so difficult for me. Even when I'm in la-la land, I just have to sort of sit and reconnect with the foundation of the earth for a few minutes, and I'm fine. But, yeah, it does take some getting used to. Now, a lot of this, now the energies are running higher than when I started, so there can be and I've heard from clients a more drastic, in a way, effect. And this is because, and I want to just mention this so briefly, we're in the middle of what the higher selves call an evolutionary thrust. Now, I do address this in my second book in in a very expanded way, so you'll all learn about it when I can finally get my book out for you. But in but the in the nutshell, the originating source itself is going through an evolutionary um, jump, and what's happening is that the energies are building up and moving faster and faster. And because we're all connected and we are all part of originating source, we're being pulled up in frequency as well, and it's it's expanding the evolutionary time is expanding so fast that the last 2,000 years, it's as if we've moved 10,000 years evolutionarily. And the next 2,000 years, it's going to be as if we move 100,000 evolutionary frequency years, move up. So the energy is expanding geometrically, not arithmetically. In other words, it's not just going a little bit, a little bit. It's building very very fast. And so what happens is it's almost as if we're all in a state of running to catch up. And neutralizing helps this helps us deal with this running to catch up state. The running to catch up means we're tired. It means that sometimes we're just we don't even remember we start a sentence, time has passed us so quickly. The evolutionary frequency is moving past. It's so fast, we get to the middle of the sentence and we don't know what we were going to say. A lot of the forgetfulness that we all experience is from this. So, and I have to say, I notice it in my kids who are a lot younger than me. I see it all the time. So it is really a part of it because it's just pulling us along and we're all running to keep up. Now, when we neutralize, it helps because the the more negative energies in the field that we carry are very dense, and they keep it keeps us slow. It keeps us 
makes it it's it's like adding extra weight. Let's say you go out to, you know, run a ten K or something. If you're in shape, you can handle that speed a lot better than if you're overweight or if you are out of shape physically. And that's the same with the evolutionary thrust. If we get ourselves in shape energetically, it really helps for us to acclimate and adjust with this evolutionary thrust. Now, as of what to work on and work with to self-heal, that other part of her question, here is where I feel neutralizing the fear of the unknown and the fear of change is about your best bet because it is moving us so fast, it's very hard for us to figure out what's coming next. We're being whipped around corners and down pathways where we can't see where it takes us so often that it's triggering the fear of change and the fear of the unknown, even if we're not aware of it. I used to think of myself as being someone who loved change. It just seemed to bring so many opportunities. I, I felt consciously that I welcomed it. But the more I dug in, the more I felt and sensed and connected with these patterns from past lives where any kind of change really would mean some something really bad. You know, if there's rumblings in the volcano and suddenly the rumblings get louder, oh my God, there's fear of change, fear of those rumblings getting louder and, and what would that mean? So it's We've all experienced it in many different levels and many different ways. So I started really intensely working with that. Those fears are like anchors. They, it's as if we're being pulled along in some way by this evolutionary thrust and we dig in our heels. And you know, like um, Fred Flintstone in that silly car when he dug in his heels as the brakes. You know, and that's kind of what we can do. That's what those fears of change and fears of the unknown can do to us. So I want to recommend for Eileen and for everyone to work on those two simple things. And there's also the energy, the divine energy of the evolutionary thrust. Now, the higher self have given us uh, the understanding and the information about the energy because even though it seems like, oh, why do we want to do the energy? It's only going to make the, the effects worse. In fact, it doesn't. If we move into the energy of divine evolutionary thrust, it's a very serene, calming energy. Because, in fact, change doesn't have to be scary. It doesn't have to be chaotic. So if we call in the, ener- the evolutionary thrust and simply bathe in it, it feels wonderful, and it helps us with the acclimation. We also, it's, a, it's an energy that moves, and the higher selves encourage us to actually move with it. And the sense of movement from this energy is mind-boggling. It's so freeing. I, I can't describe it. Each person who uses it will have a different experience. But it was amazing to me. I don't use it as much as I could, but when I discovered it, I I used it all the time because it was wonderful, and I feel like it really helped me make take some of those steps where it facilitated the acclimation process for me, and so I didn't have as much problems with it or um, discomfort or discord with a lot of the neutralizing that I do. 
bottom line, the more we use neutralizing as a lifestyle, the more arenas it helps us in. Okay. Now, Eileen also writes a lot of other stuff. A couple of days later, she writes that she feels like she has her mojo back and she's working hard and more joyous and she's so enthusiastic and full of ideas and energized. She's expanded her coaching business and she's noticing some of those out of the blue cravings that she normally has are gone. She she just feels in general so much better and the self-compassion is staying with her and she loves it. She says the inner bitch is gone, <laughs> which is so cute. Now she says a skeptical mind might say that's just a coincidence, but she would like to submit that since she's doing something new, that it's really changed her experience. And this is where we we start to really understand that the work works. Because if we've been a certain way for years or decades, and you start the work, and even though it's been a few weeks or a couple months and things are changing, that's the indication that something really is changing. And that's, you know, she's She's saying, you know, don't believe me, don't disbelieve me. This is what I choose to think, and that's I happen to agree with her. I think that she's right. That's how it's worked for me and, and everybody else. Okay, then she asked me another question. She says, um, do I have an online training group that I teach and mentor with a, for the higher self work? If so, she'd love to learn more than just the neutralizing, and she really wants to understand experiencing uh, the whole ball of wax for herself and work with that higher self energy so that she can be of service to others. And I think, wow, that is such a great idea. She's mentioned it to me a couple of times before online, and we are working on it. Um, she has a couple of other people. She's in the Netherlands, so it's not a matter of coming to me. It's the online thing is just this great opportunity. So she would very much like me to start this online group and on it's not together yet but we are going to see if we can get something worked out and I want to mention it to everybody because it, nothing would please me more than to teach everyone to do exactly what I'm doing <laughs> because it, if I can do it anybody can do it it's simply a just to get a few techniques down which I can easily teach on the course and the using it and practicing with it. So, okay, so I am, um, I've had other requests before, so I, I want to just put it out there. If anybody on the, that's, any listeners hear me that be interested, let me know so that I can start making a list. I don't know if it's going to take me a couple of weeks or a couple of months because I'm still in the middle of trying to get this book editing finished and it tends to be the priority right now. But I will, I am very much going to see if I can find a way to make that happen. Okay, now I have one other update. This is much shorter, and then we're going to get to the healings today. This is from Karen, and she says, Oh, my God, that was so intense. My heart was actually aching, like kind of like heartburn, which she doesn't get. She said, during that anchor pull, and do you remember, I can't even remember, <laughs> I feel ridiculous, but I don't remember what the 
anchor was, but there was some being anchor right in the heart center. And I got all the listeners to help me and Karen pull that thing out. It was really intense. And that's what she said. She felt like she had a heartburn. And she said she never heard, oh, I know, it was the starvation one. She was always felt like she had to have extra food in the house so that she wouldn't starve and she had some extra weight on as proof that she wasn't starving. So it had something to do with a starving um, pattern. And she there were two sides of it, too. There was the starving pattern and then this pattern where she was very overweight and there were sort of two ends of the uh, pendulum, the, the extreme ends of the pendulum. So we worked hard to neutralize both sides and what all the misunderstandings in it. Anyway, she did not hear the other end, the, the, the part where she was optic, she says, because her computer just keep kept going in and out. But she said, it was so familiar. I was actually thinking, well, doesn't everyone feel this way? <laughs> so she said, you just put all my issues on the table like I've never experienced. There's something comforting about that. I will continue to work with this. And she said she's so grateful. And I'm really, really glad that you did resonate with what I said. You know, even when I have a private session with someone in person, I just start talking and I don't stop (laughs) until the end. Just like I do here on the radio, guys. And I never know when I open my eyes if the person is going to be yawning, going to be asleep, going to be crying, going to be angry. You know, I never know really what the reaction is going to be until I open the eyes. So, you know, even part of me sometimes gets things I'm like, well, this is weird. I'm thinking to myself, but I go with it because I know from experience, if it comes up for me, I absolutely It's coming for some reason because I wouldn't think of it otherwise. So anyway, that's the feedback. Now, today's show is going to be pretty intense. Um, Denise has written in two requests, and they're related to one another. Now, she's had several healings from me on the radio show, and uh, honestly, I'm not sure what they were. But this one, these two are really intense. Now... I'm going to share what she shared with me, share with you. She wants me to work on her daughter's heart problems. She says, my daughter Alicia was born with heart problems and had her first open heart surgery when she was three days old. And I was told it wasn't likely she'd survive, but she did. At one and a half, she was airlifted by helicopter to a hospital for another surgery, and she flatlined. They resuscitated her and then did open-heart surgery. Since then, she's had two more open-heart surgeries and right now is in severe heart distress, distress and in need of an emergency surgery to replace and repair two valves and her aorta. Her chance of survival is not good. This year, she graduated from school as an occupational therapist and just started her career But because of the condition of her heart, she recently gave up her job and is now homebound waiting for the doctors to schedule her surgery. She was turned down by the Mayo Clinic because her heart is in such bad shape. So it's been a stressful time for her getting a surgery and surgery date. 
So that's intense, guys. This is very, very, very intense. I don't know what I can do to help, but of course, I'm there to help in any way I can. The I want to just dig into this and see where the higher self take me. She, the second request from Denise is related very much to this. She says she wants a healing on all the grief and the loss that she's experienced. She says, I've experienced grieving when my mom passed away when I was four years old. The loss of loved ones is a common issue for every listener, so they, they'll relate. She said, but I've lost my father, all grandparents, and numerous pets. And, of course, it's always present with her daughter, Alicia. And the possibility of losing her daughter is a deep pain she's dealt with all of her daughter's life. So I think all of us have experienced loss. And if we haven't, we certainly know of many, many people who have. And so our hearts, of course, immediately go out to Denise. I'm going to be calling in the energies from all the listeners so that we can do the very best we can for Alicia and for Denise and for everyone that is in the same situation. I'm personally not in that situation right now, but I've been in that situation. Remember, we can help even the situations from the past because we're in that forever now moment. So this is a wonderful healing that for all of us, and if we haven't experienced it in this life, we have another life. So let's go in and see what we can do for Denise and for Alicia. I'm going to start with the with Alicia, the daughter, and I think then I'll just probably evolve or segue right into the whole idea of living with that ever-present possibility of loss and then, of course, the grief and the sadness and the despair from the losses that have already happened. So, okay. I know you all are pretty with it now. You know the general idea. But again, in case there's a new listener or two or 20, (laughs) Uh, I encourage everyone to make sure you're comfortable. I want to everybody take a deep breath or two or three to enable yourselves to relax. And I'm going to encourage again everyone to simply close the eyes. It allows us to focus our attention. The focus of attention is key in this healing. It is that focus of attention that allows us to activate the divine energies that we use. The It's the turn-on switch. So I want everyone to just listen to my voice. You can be aware of any sounds around you. could be dogs barking or traffic or you know, refrigerator turning on. The Whatever it is, I want everyone to just allow those noises to be in the background and bring the mind's eye in. Listen to the voice and activate what I call, or what most people know as, the now moment. The now moment, I see them beginning to pop up. We are activating this energetic field and it surrounds us 360 degrees. The higher selves do help in maintaining these 
these now moments and but everyone needs to bring that focus of attention right in here instead of allowing the the mind to wander the if you find your mind wandering no problem just bring that focus back in and sometimes i use the technique of focusing on the physical body to be aware of the position of the arms and legs and the contact point between the arms and the legs and the hands and the feet and what you're sitting on or standing on or lying on, just to use that as a technique to activate this energetic field around us, the now moment around us. Now, this is an energetic field, and we can expand this field just through this focus of attention that we all have, the focus thought, and that's what we're all going to do, and I see some people already doing it. The Those listeners that understand what I'm uh, about this expanded now moment, and as you literally focus on, imagine the now moment expanding, it's going to expand to include the totality of the past nows, and the future now of the total beingness of each and every listener from the moment we were born as expressions in the mineral kingdom throughout the totality of our evolutionary sojourn through the mineral plant animal kingdoms and into the human kingdom and beyond i'm asking that we see experience know that this now moment is going to become the forever now moment the reason it's called the forever now moment is because even though the past nows are have already occurred, the future nows are being created in a moment-to-moment basis. So as I experience this forever now moment that is expanding like the time-space continuum, it time-space continuum, it is expanding so large as if it's bridging the universe, known and unknown. And at the end that I symbolically see the future now, it's bubbling and expanding and creating moment to moment and moment. So it is the forever now moment, but it's never done. It always will have creative expansion, always. Evolution never ends. So it is not a closed field. It is an expanded, uh, organic field of energy. And we're all now standing right in the center of this energy. We're all part of this forever now moment. And the higher selves do facilitate this, um, the main maintenance of the forever now moment. So those of you who occasionally have their minds wander, just pull yourself back in. You're not lost in the forever now moment. You don't have to start over. Just pull that focus of attention back in. The higher selves are maintaining what they call a freeze frame. And it is allowing this forever now moment to be present for the duration of the show, which is very important because it allows us to heal from the very deepest, oldest, levels of our beingness it allows us to heal both the past present and future now simultaneously now the soul for each and every one of us it is the soul level decision of how deep and how much and how efficient the healing will be because at the soul level is where our free will resides 
but we want to set it up so that we bring it to the very deepest level that the soul will give permission to itself to heal to. We always want to work at the most expanded level that we can possibly work in. So that's what we set up this eternal now moment for. Within this moment, I ask everybody to activate that pure soul essence energy, that divine light that each and every soul, from the lowliest grain of sand to the highest, most evolved being, carries. This divine light has to be invited in. It carries all the divine energies, and because it's divine, it cannot trespass the free will. It is our focus of attention that gives it permission to move in and do the healing today. And it's not just the light without. We have this light within. That pure soul essence is carries and is all that originating source was, is, and is becoming. It is a constant, organic, expanding, moment-to-moment light that is so powerful. I like to use as a symbol for it, the sun, because the sun in its own right carries so much power that when we use or imagine a sun within each of us, it immediately keys in to the power that we carry. This is the purest, most perfect, and most potent point of power that we all have. And it is our birthright. It is absolutely there. We mostly have ignored it in our sojourn. We weren't in situations, conditions, societies, and cultures that were at a high enough frequency to bring in this kind of information. So it was like that very powerful computer sitting on the desk that we never knew how to work. We didn't even know we had it most of the time. And even when we kind of got a sense, whoa, this is a really good tool, we were like, How do I make it work? We didn't know all you have to do is open it up and turn it on and ask a question or ask it for help. So that's what this pure soul essence is. And I'm already seeing much of you, many of you, expanding the light to fill the totality of your beingness. And as a result, this pure soul essence light is absolutely brilliantly filling the whole eternal now moment it is filling it filling it with this brilliant brilliant light and bathing the totality of each of our beingness from the lowliest grain of sand that we ever were to however highly evolved we have become so it is incredibly powerful energy it is bathing the totality as i said of who we are and filling this time space continuum I'm now asking that we amalgamate with a conglomerate higher selves. And the this energy has also comes from the divine level and it's very, very powerful in its own right. And acts, the higher selves act as the de-intensifier, as you might think of it, from the originating source of all that we're going to be asking for, it de-intensifies it down to the point in time that we can utilize the energy without it hurting or harming us in any way. So now when we amalgamate with the originating source of all there is, by literally moving into its pure soul essence or to the very core of the originating source, we become one with the originating source and with all there is. 
but we are doing so with, without being harmed. There is no harm. The, the higher selves are facilitating and helping um, be the interme- intermediaries between the very incredibly endless infinite resource of all there is from the originating source and what we're carrying and what we can handle. So the so we're all standing in this incredibly powerful field and I'm now seeing and sensing just because as we moved into the originating source, this time-space continuum, and I don't even know why I now I do the time-space continuum because I think it's to help people understand where we're going, but now we are connected with the totality of the universe known and unknown. And the light that we carry, the light that we've activated by our focus of attention, giving the permission for these divine energies to become very active, it has it is acting like beacons, a million trillion cadillion beacons drawing in souls from many, many and every level because all souls can partake and uh, utilize the divine energies that we are we have activated, including ourselves, guys. We also can partake and utilize. And so that's the the beauty of this Wednesday session. We offer help to all souls on all levels in the universe, known and unknown. Now, the... Okay. Um, Now, I want to introduce, because it's just a symbol that works, and it's simple, that wagon wheel that I've used several, many times in the past, where we're all standing around the listeners, known and unknown, are are standing, past, present, and future, are standing around the rim of this wagon wheel. And right at the center is the hub. And on the hub, I'm seeing Alicia. Now, Alicia has been amalgamated uh, with the totality of her beingness. She is part of this time-space continuum, this um, forever now moment. And she is being brought to the center of the of the hub and actually I'm seeing Denise come in as well because I the healing is going to be on both of them I'm going to start with Alicia but they're both there they're both fully amalgamated and both part of this uh, larger energy field um, not just larger this infinite energy field I want to activate the Rainbow Bridge energy, which was actually already activated, and it's simply the energy that connects all of us to the chakras of the originating source, and the the bridge part of it has moved down the spokes from each and every listener, and the spokes are huge. There's so many listeners. There's so many people around this rim, it's uh, there's no. I don't see any space between the spokes. It's very interesting because this symbol is growing in a way. It's expanding now. The rainbow bridge literally fills is filling all the gaps because there's so many who are standing around the the rim, 
and I see actually people who are in body and out of body. There are um, many, many souls here, and the Rainbow Bridge has been activated for everyone, and it's just this brilliant, brilliant energy. And whatever is given to Alicia and or um, Denise is going to be uh, shared and utilized by every soul around the rim as well. And any, I want to call in any soul that needs the energy that may not be present. My higher selves are assuring me that, that the souls that are that there are many souls that are here to also partake of the energy. Now, um, okay. Oof, okay, I need to just take a, a moment here to focus on Alicia and um, I'm not happy at all with the image that I am seeing. It's a, she's very small. Now remember this is a symbol and the symbol helps me tune in to whatever the patterns are. So this doesn't mean this is what she looks like in real life. So I don't want anyone to make that mistake. But I'm seeing her almost looking like a dried... She's humanoid in shape. She's female, but it's almost like she's desiccated. This is a very uncomfortable kind of symbol It's that I'm seeing. It's almost as if there's not enough energy there's it's like life is she is is not life force isn't fully present here and um okay i really apologize to listeners that may be upset with this healing because uh i didn't know where it was going to go and i do feel like we can really make some shifts here but there may be some unpleasant uh concepts, especially for Denise right now, but we're going to also work on her later. She will be listening to it after the fact. So, um, okay. So the the indicator for me well, looking at this is there's some absence of life force. There's some really, uh, there's it's like she doesn't have enough moisture. You know, it'd be like the difference between a plum and a prune or a you know, where the prune is all dried or a grape and a raisin. There's, it's as if she's not got enough life force, enough energy within her. And so the I want to just begin by having the, I don't, I want to call in and activate. I want everyone to do this along with me. As I want to literally fill her with light. I want to fill her with whatever the life force is that's missing. And, um, okay, um, Jane and company are here. Jane and company are here, which is an indicator to me that there's a possibility that she could lay aside the body. Now, we are we want to work very hard on not allowing that to happen. So I'm asking all the listeners, past, present, and future, to please help. We want to call in right away Divine Miracle. And we want to, and I have been part of 
many, not many, but several healings that we've turned around the soul's decision to lay aside the body. So this is possible, and I don't know that the soul has made that decision. It's not for sure, but there's a possibility here which we want to shift. We want the decision at the soul level to be that she um, gets the surgery and gets healed. So, okay, Jane is present. Joan is also here, Joan Culpepper, who laid aside the body in 2006. She often comes in for me when I'm doing healings. And I see another healer here, Joe Williams. And all three of these people are here, and they're going to help direct the healing as well. I'm just thanking everybody for the help because I really want to turn this around. All right, so right now I'm seeing coming out of the top of her head, she's beginning to release the the, the beginnings of whatever is has drawn her or created this pattern because it's definitely past life and nature because she was literally the born needing heart surgery. A day and a half she had her first surgery, or three days old, I think it was. So... We're going to just begin, without even knowing what it is, I want to begin to release all the pain and the suffering and the despair and the unhappiness that, okay, okay, I'm getting an indicator that we need to move to this very powerful healing planet that we've I've worked with, with the higher selves for several, three decades now, So I want to have everyone become aware that we're moving to a planet we call Thoreus. And we just simply do it by saying we project to Thoreus. Now, we're already there. Thoreus is a fifth-dimensional planet. It carries very powerful healers. And immediately, the healers began the work on her. We are going to continue we're still remember we're we're part of all there is, so we still have the hub, the the Rainbow Bridge energy, and we're just continuing to help her release at the energetic level. The and there's just a tremendous amount of grief, as you might imagine. It feels like quote unquote heartbreak, and it is a legion of very very difficult lives of loss, which. It's so interesting because it it ties into the experience that Denise, I mean, it's related, uh, very similar, I should say, to what Denise has been feeling and what we're going to be working on in the second part of the healing. But Alicia is carrying the same thing, the grief from the loss, the, the great suffering and the great pain, and it's loss of her own life. Um, and because of the loss of her life, she was disconnected from the loved ones that she had in those lives. So there was grief on that level, too. It wasn't just pain of, you know, dying or the fear of dying. Certainly that is there, too, and we want that to start to come out. Meanwhile, we're calling in as much of the divine understanding and the divine um uh, Circulation, I want to just put divine circulation in here because it's this desiccation process uh, 
was not good. I want divine circulation. I want divine um, wholeness. Whatever divine healing, divine health, whatever is needed and necessary, please, I ask that the higher self direct that. Um, I'm, I'm seeing... Uh, there is just... So there's loss of people... First of all, loss of her own life and all the losses that she, when you lay aside the body, suddenly you're disconnected too. So there's all this disconnection. There's also there's a lot of heartbreak because when she lay aside the body, there were things she was doing for her loved ones or her family that she was no longer able to do whether it was helping to feed them, whether it was helping to bathe them or give them shelter or birth them or uh, support them in some way, she carries a, carries a tremendous amount of absolute self, well, there's shame here for sure, but self-condemnation, I want to say. Self-condemnation that she laid aside the body and couldn't really do what she wanted to do. She blames herself. She condemns herself. There's a lot of self-hatred here, and I want that self-hatred to be released. Just the self-attack that is so deep, it's almost as if she feels she's unredeemable, that she's unlovable, that she doesn't deserve to live. And I want all of those belief systems to be released. And a lot of it is coming out of the heart center. There's a lot of activity here on Sirius going on. I feel um, just a tremendous amount of energy. The sense that I have is that it's time for us to move to a planet that, that's called um, uh, uh, Petros. Um Petros is uh, a planet that deals with the heart on every level, the emotional heart, the physical heart, and helps process that heart. So we're simply going to move from Sirius to Petros. It doesn't mean that we're leaving Sirius, because I, and I don't understand it, but we are now moving right into this Petros energy as well. And that Petros energy is helping to heal the heart as well. The um, it what that does is it 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 absorbs and re and heals and reprocesses the energies and then returns it to the heart center. I it's too long to explain it all to you. It's a simple radio show, honestly. Not, you're not a simple radio show, but it's a limited radio show. I don't have enough time to explain all of these very beautiful healing energies that I, you know, got. I had a lot of training on healing from the higher self way back when. And I utilized really only a small portion for the show because of the time limitations. But you're being exposed now. And actually, boy, I'm feeling a tremendous difference. I'm feeling a tremendous difference. I'm feeling um, the, this, shriveled up, sort of desiccated looking symbol is beginning to shift. 
there is a sense of beingness there. It's almost as if she felt she didn't exist on some level because she was such a dried up portion of who she was, in, you know, symbolically. And so I'm feeling that this work that's going on that we're all helping her with is beginning to make a difference. And I want to infuse divine love and divine hope and divine understanding and divine forgiveness and divine gratitude. The um, This issue with a heart, now this is very interesting, and I have shared with the show, I think on the show, it's certainly in my next book, that the fact that she's had multiple heart things is was her way at the soul level to bring opportunities for healing to come in. Uh, it keeps bringing to the attention of both Alicia and her mom and to wherever the the fact there's a problem here. Now, I was born with a congenital deformity of my uh, biliary tree, and I had a numerous over my lifetime. I had two major surgeries. None of them were life-threatening like Alicia, so I don't mean to um, minimize hers at all, but the higher self gave me the information that by having a recurring thing, something that didn't kill me right off, it gives more chances to place the focus of attention around the healing itself. And that's why what's going on here. She's had these chances. And so one of the things that I want to work on releasing, and this is coming up big time, is the scarring, the scar tissue. There is a lot of scar tissue here. There is a lot, uh, and the scars are more than physical. The scars themselves are, uh, again, emotional and mental and psychological. There's a lot of scar tissue here. So um, I'm seeing it almost as this um, binding kind of restrictive network inside her body. So we've gotten a lot of the the energetic movement of the energy, like the flow, the the uh, like the blood flow, so to speak, of energy moving through the body. But now we have this scar tissue we need to deal with because it's very restrictive. And this scar tissue is holding on to some of these beliefs, these beliefs of being completely and utterly worthless, of being absolutely unredeemable, of being unlovable, the self-hatred and all of that. And so physically, the scar tissue makes it very difficult to have another surgery, as I'm sure many of you are aware of. But it also is um, constricts her physically even and could restrict her physically even after the surgery. So we want the emotional and physical, emotional and mental and psychological scar tissue to be neutralized as well as as much as the actual scar, scar tissue to be uh, dissolved away so that when she has the surgery, it will go more smoothly. This is really important. So everybody, I want us to really focus on all the scar tissue and I want, it's as if it's, 
red and irritated. It contains anger. There's a lot of why me? There's a lot of uh, rage here. Um, Just a lot of rage. I want everyone to send in the light to neutralize the, the rage, to help her neutralize that rage. I want to call in divine nurturing and divine understanding again. Um, I feel the, I want to, I want to again activate the light to go into the, the part that's self-hatred that is all the, the limitations, the self-identities that are holding her back, that are holding her stuck. Okay. Well, I saw Jane leave. Now, Jane, when she leaves, that's an indicator for me that the decision is made that she is going to uh, live through the surgery. She doesn't feel transitional to me right now. And I'm sticking my neck out to tell you that, but i that's the sense that I get. So, But it doesn't mean we have to stop working because we want it to be more than you know, a short-term win. We want a long-term win here. We want the totality of this pattern to be neutralized as much as we can. And what I'm sensing here is that Alicia at the soul level for the first time in a long time is beginning to see the light, so to speak. She's There's a part of her now that's like, wow, I never could dream that hope was possible. I never could dream that I could have a life filled with joy and health. And so at the soul level, she's moving in and becoming a much more active participant than she was. It was more of a passive participation um, as we were going, allowing it to happen. But now it's as if we've triggered some determination that she's carrying to help as well. And so she's like saying, hey, let's keep going. (laughs) So again, I want the light to just begin to dissolve all the old pattern, the old patterns of belief, the old denigration, the old um, self-denigration and self-attack, all the heartbreak and the the absolute buying into that that's what has to be. The absolute buying into that heartbreak. There's no other way. That's just how life is. And so that that viewpoint we really need to hammer because it's like a beacon that continues to bring in heartbreak that continues to bring in disappointment and pain and hurt and sorrow. It just attracts it in. And when you get pain or hurt or sorrow from whatever you bring in, it only validates the belief even more. And this is how these belief systems get more and more entrenched and more and more intense and more and more convoluted and complex. So we want to go after that one really big time the belief that that's the only way. And it's kind of scary. I'm feeling some fear coming out because the reason why it's scary is because when she has, if she releases that belief system 
and let's hope in and let's in the expanded idea that life actually could be joyful, that life could actually be different, then she feels so vulnerable to be hurt again. She's feeling the vulnerability. Oh, my God, if I begin to hope, and then it's slammed in the face yet again. And so it's a very scary thing, guys. So I'm just encouraging everyone to bring in, we want to call in divine support, divine courage, and divine release of the fear the fear of being vulnerable, the fear of being hurt again, the fear of the unknown, the fear of the uh, being hit out of left field, the fear of the next shoe dropping, the fear that you, you would just be stupid or you'll to to let that hope in, you just be a failure yet again. So it's the fear of failure and all the failure that that she's experienced. It's just. So much in there. The idea that it was doomed, the idea that there's no other way in life. And as this is coming out, it is really clearing a lot of that scar tissue. It was part of holding that scar tissue in place, the the conglomerate scar tissue on the energetic and physical level. I'm watching the scar tissue begin to dissolve now. I'm watching it begin to shrivel up itself. It doesn't mean that maybe she's going to have some scar tissue, but it is not. It's really going to help um, make this surgery possible and bring it into the state of the highest ideal. Um, I'm going to call in now. I want to literally, or not literally, symbolically, I'm going to... Uh, use a symbolic laser and I'm literally going to cut out the old heart and bring in the the symbol of a divine heart to replace that old one. Now that symbolic heart I took out is in her light, is being because uh, of course it's a symbol, is being dissolved and neutralized. And what is now in place is this beautiful, beautiful, symbolic heart that is the overlay that is beginning to move in and become the brand new heart. It has enough of the aorta it, that it's bringing the that to the aorta because I understand some of the aorta needs to be replaced. It's got the new valves. It's got everything. And we are. I want everyone to just literally focus on this new symbolic heart, creating this new, beautiful, powerful symbol to help with the overlay, to allow the new heart to beat in her in her life pattern, in her physical and etheric bodies. And I want to now incorporate, activate, and empower divine love. So I want divine love and divine heart to just be like throbbing in there. I'm getting some thumbs up. It feels really good what we did. The image I have 
uh, or I had uh, this shriveled up kind of situation that that, uh, Alicia was in is no longer present. I feel her almost sitting up um, as a, it feels as a person more, more of a, a, a solidified, not solidified, um, more whole. I want to call in divine wholeness, divine balance and harmony, divine health. And I also want to call in divine solutions, divine possibilities, and divine resolutions. I want to call in, you know, the divine... Um, the divine answers both medically and in every other way that will be in her highest ideal. Of course, being from the divine level, it would always be in her highest ideal. But it's as if she's sitting on the side of a hospital gurney, sort of an image like that, although it isn't a gurney. It's more just sitting on the Rainbow Bridge platform that I'm seeing her. But I do feel I'm getting... I just get a sense that she will find a way to have the surgery and I really would like to be able to work on her again. So I'm putting the shout out to you, Denise, to um, when you feel the time is right to uh, allow us all to work on her again so that we can further uh, facilitate and help her with this healing. I want to also activate the divine material balance because this will help with the manifestation. As you all remember, the divine material balance is energy to help materialize from the abstract to the concrete. So we want to materialize the wellness, the health, the the shifting and the healing of the physical body from the idea into the actual concrete reality. So we're calling in that energy. And I'm getting the sense that we need to uh, return to Sirius. We're back in Sirius. Now we're returning back just to being here in the center or the core of the beingness of the originating source connected to all there is. I still see both Denise and Alicia on the Rainbow Bridge platform and Right now, Denise is stepping forward because she's carrying part of the uh, issue here, and that is the people around, first of all, all of us who have lost, she's like all of us who have lost someone and who have had tremendous grief, but also she's living and breathing the difficulty of being the mother, to Alicia, who's had such very, okay, this is interesting, something else is coming in, very uh, hard, you know, come to almost die more than once. Now, the what just came in was when she flatlined, it was at that point that she did make the decision not to lay aside the body to give herself at the soul level a chance to heal. So that was at age three. It's interesting because I had a similar choice at age three when I got measles, mumps, and and, and pneumonia all at once. And um, I was given the information from the higher self that at that point that I did make the decision 
to not lay aside the body. And that's what I feel from Alicia. And there's a sense of appreciation and gratitude coming from her at the soul level because she realizes and feels all the help that she's getting and does appreciate it and is gratified gratified by it and wants to thank all of us. But also she's thanking uh, her mom um, because, Denise, you agreed to go through this process with her. It was co-created. And so she really appreciates that you were there for her uh, all through this. And now she, in turn, is going to be part of the process as we work to heal uh, the difficulties for you because it is so difficult and I want simply you to release the pattern of living with imminent death, okay? And this is a pattern I've literally never worked on before, but it is so relevant. We've all experienced it. Why I've never thought of it, but it just, you know, there's so many endless patterns. It isn't surprising. At least once or twice a month, a new pattern comes up for me, and this one is new, the living with imminent death, okay? I want everyone to release that. Now, it's imminent death of the self and imminent death of loved ones. And, oh, my God, it's just the stress, the strain, the despair, the anticipation and the anxiety that is brought from that. I want all of that, excuse me, to just pour out of you... I'm sorry, in hiccups for some reason. Out of you, Denise, and out of all of us, I want that anticipation, that living in the future. There's there's almost the it almost seems impossible not to constantly uh project forward, oh my God, what if it's today? What if it's next week? What if she never could get the surgery? What if, what if, what if, what if her heart fails? Uh, I want to absolutely have all of that released, 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 released from all of us because it is amazingly stressful. It has to be up at the top of the stress charts And actually, I don't know that I remember those charts that we've all heard of, the different stress levels. I don't even know if the living with the imminent death is even on that chart. I think loss of someone is on that chart. But the living with the imminent death can be amazingly stressful. Now, um, there are times, of course, where imminent death of a loved one, we we aren't stressed about it because we feel that loved one has maybe suffered to the point that we, we know um, we're more upset by the current suffering of the one who is dying. But the... But there are many, many instances where that imminent death is not anything that we're thinking is a good thing, okay? It's those neonatal situations where you've had a premature birth and you're you're so hoping your child is going to live. You have somebody who is in a car accident or, or whatever. We, we know that living with imminent death is a huge pattern. 
we've all experienced, whether in this life or other lives. So let's just release all that stress, all that anticipation, all that fear. Because again, it's just, it's horrible. The stress is off the charts. All the stress, all the fear. But wait a minute, there's more to it. Okay. Denise, I'm seeing you, by the way, releasing a lot out of the heart center. And I'm actually seeing Alicia release that, too, because, of course, in her case, it was it's the fear of her imminent death. She's also aware that she could die. Um, imminent doesn't have to mean tomorrow, so it can mean next week, next month, next year. So both Alicia and uh, Denise are releasing, and I'm feeling this just this very dark, dark, dark energy moving out, moving into the light, into their light, being neutralized and absorbed into the light, which is very, very good. And I, I want all of this. There's also, as a part of it, wondering how life will be bear- bearable without it. There's a lot of emotions about needing to take care of things in anticipation of the life being this loved one or yourself having the the loss of life so it's but and then there's this paralyzing feeling where you're just we're all get so caught up in the fear that we can't accomplish anything and then we start berating ourselves for not taking care of stuff, whether it's a a cemetery plot or a will or getting, you know, all of our affairs in order, insurance, whatever it is, we, we don't get frozen. And then we get despairing because we're not taking care of what we need to take care of. And so that's a part of it too. And the self berating and the self attack that comes you know, that you're just not up to the task, you're not handling things, you're not capable or competent or, you know, anyway, it's just one more thing we don't need on our heads, one more stress. And so I want all of that to be released. I want all of that frozen issue to be released. And um, now I'm feeling a lot of the grief coming up. A lot of the grief, a lot of the sadness, a lot of the despair, a lot of the okay, I don't know how to put this exactly. What I'm calling in is the divine understanding and the divine I know you're gonna feel this may seem cruel, but it's not meant to divine acceptance divine acceptance and the reason why this acceptance is really important is because when somebody around you is in imminent death we can project pressure and put pressure and stress upon the person who is possibly going to die and that adds to their being able to process their own stuff and so we want divine acceptance come, to come in and divine understanding 
whether it's our own life or it's someone else's life, so that we aren't adding and intensifying the stress for ourselves or for the others. I mean, we know about kids, for example, who are dying and they end up taking care of, in quotes, the emotional needs of the parents because the parents are falling apart around them and somehow the child at some inner level has accepted its terminality and is busy taking care of the parents. So that's something that happens a lot and there's no criticism here. There's no um, at all uh, meaning to create shame. But what I want for all parties involved is the divine acceptance and the divine understanding that laying aside the body is part of the journey that we're on and that the I want to to ease the pressures and the stress on all parties concerned because that's where true support and true nurturing and true communication come into play because if one party is protecting another or trying to help the other process through their emotional difficulties, whichever party it is, it does actually disconnect the purity of the communication and the nurturing that we want to be part of that experience, that that dying experience. Now, I'm not saying that Alicia is going to die. What I'm trying to do is these patterns are, are part of the dying experience, the imminent dying experience. And that's what I'm trying to clear, is that let's try to to release as much as we can of the emotional upheavals, the emotional stresses, the emotional fears, so that the connections that we have with ourselves and with each other are as pure and perfect and loving and nurturing and supportive as possible. So that's what I want to, what I'm working on, and I'm I'm hoping that I didn't in any way offend or upset anyone about it because of the way I came at it. It is an absolute pure concept here. It's the it's just the first time I've actually worked on it, so I didn't know what was coming up, and maybe I'm not expressing myself as clearly as I could or I would if it were the second or third time it came up, but I want all the releases around these stresses to to come out. And now I'm focusing again on Denise and Alicia, and I see the two of them literally reaching out and holding hands. It's as if the enough of the emotional upheaval, the pain, the stress, the fear, and it's still processing. I feel it especially for for you, Denise. There's just still processing, and I do feel like this is the not the first time you've dealt with the loss of a child. And, of course, all of us have. There's just literally no one listening that hasn't dealt with loss of a child. And there's a part of you that is absolutely unbelievably devastated that it could be happening again. That all of this, I mean, 
you are the grief around the loss of a child is palpable and i want you to begin to release it and of course because we're in the forever now moment it's pulling up just absolute garbage uh just all of that loss of a child from so many lives and it's just huge it's really really huge and it's been behind the absolute despair you've had to live with throughout this uh, sojourn. However, you chose to help Alicia knowing that you too would be confronting this huge pain for you and it would be an opportunity for you to heal around this as well. And it is the opportunity and you stepped forward and you took the opportunity. And it's, it's really... Um, very emotional for me because this is some something I mean I've had tremendous child loss the there's in past lives the there is so much here for you and I know for all the listeners and I thank you for stepping forward because you're helping all of us because as we're watching and observing and calling out and activating and triggering your despair around child loss, it is activating and triggering for everyone else. So thank you for stepping forward. Thank you for bringing this very, very intense healing um, that is going on now. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely, wow. So um, I'm sorry, guys. Thank you. I'm seeing it. It's still coming out. It's still coming out. It's, I'm just seeing it pouring out of you, Denise. You don't want it there. You felt like it was an anchor, and it was. I'm seeing lifetimes of being overprotective, um, not in any way criticizing you, um, but absolutely um being driven to being overprotective because you've had the loss pattern. It's not only overprotective, it's over... Uh, oh, gosh, I'm sorry. I'm so over, so into it right now. It's the hypervigilance. It's your life lived around the anxiety and the stress of making sure your child or children were safe. I see you as both a male and a female doing this. As a male, you were involved in, you know, the protective services of, you know, warfare and defending yourself and all of that, the, the being on watch. There were also lives where you didn't know who to trust and there's all sorts of self-protective things that have come up for you and there's just been a many many different patterns associated with this that hold us stuck because we expend so much energy in being hyper vigilant or being over protective there's no there's um this this complete lack of faith that the universe will take care there's a distrust of the universe and the life around because you the lightning is going to come and hit your kid there's just this distress that's part of it and i want you to release that distress that fear fear of all that could happen um 
it's almost like you go into a mall, for example, and you check out the crowd. I don't know if you actually do it in this life, but that's the sense I get, is that you're always looking a peripheral vision directly. There's this whole sense of having to be on guard. And whoa, what a huge amount of energy has been um, utilized to do that. And this hypervigilance is not unknown for the rest of us. So I want everybody, all the listeners, to also begin to release this piece of this whole imminent loss, imminent death situation. Wow. Okay. It's beginning to slow down somewhat. Um, I'm just... It's coming up. It's not only from the stomach area, the heart area. I feel it in the upper chest. I feel it from the throat. It's almost as if it's like a scream of watching a child, some children, be killed by an arrow. I don't know why. I'm seeing American Indian. <laughs> um, I've seen throughout this whole process like snippets of senses about things, but it's almost like the scream is like closed off in the throat and the you you can't even express the horror because then you would be exposed and you would be vulnerable and you would be killed. But you have another child or more children or somebody else, a husband or a wife if you're a male. So I want to have the release of all the, the terror and the screams in the throat. I want you to visualize and just see, open up your mouth and allow that energy to come out of the throat. It is the expression of absolute terror, absolute horror. And it so often was, had to be choked back, had to be repressed. And I want you to release that scream of horror and I'm sorry, guys, that this is getting into some very tough things, this whole healing. But it is really important because we all carry elements of this. And who wants to carry any of it? So I'm seeing you now almost having projectile-type vomiting coming out of the throat, out of the mouth. And all of that stuff is moving into the light. Okay. Wow. It's still happening, but I saw something else. It's as if um, there's a connection being made between, and I just call it what I see, not sure what the meaning, but you and Alicia were holding hands. Now I see Alicia holding on to Joan Culpepper's hands, you're holding to Joe Williams' hand, and the Joe and Joan are holding hands. It's as if you've created an energetic circle with the four of you, and there's a lot of very powerful support energy moving in through and around you. Um, I don't know exactly, not, it's funny, I'm not getting exactly, at least not yet, what exactly that symbol means, 
but I can't help but interpret it in a positive way. Um, I don't know. It's almost like you're part of the circle of life and you've now connected to an energetic healing energy that um, will be ongoing. It's not going to be over just because uh, this, this healing today is going to be ended. And in fact, now, and this is actually bringing tears to my eyes, I see everyone on the outer rim holding hands as well. All of them joined hands. And it's, so it's almost like an outer circle of healing energy and then this inner circle of healing energy and the the spokes from all of the outer wheels outer of us on the the outer rim the spokes are all connecting us to the inner rim and that this circle of healing is just vibrating and um is just full, you know, we can add, activate and make sure we add the divine love, divine hope, divine healing, divine balance, divine purity and perfection. And, um, wow. Anything else that any of the listeners hear about, please put it in, because whether or not it's spoken, it will become part of the energy field. I think divine understanding really needs to be part of this divine clarity of vision and expanded perception and again divine acceptance I would like to put in divine life and that would be life at a very expanded level not just life of the physical body but life in all of the higher meanings most of which I'm not even connected to I've never actually used divine life before so there are elements of this this energy, uh, I'm very sure, like divine power, have nothing to do with what the immediate concept is that we would have on it. So there is divine life here, and it's reverberating the, oh my God. Okay, I'm now seeing another rim outside of the hub of the wheel and there's many many more souls on this rim and that's reverberating and connecting to all of us at the inner two rims and more and more symbolic rims are being set up as this healing goes and it's moving out through the totality of the universe known and known known and unknown it's just expanding and the interesting thing is it's not just Two-dimensional, it's three-dimensional. So it's it's like a big orb of rims or of energetic connections. And we're all consciously connecting with the known and the unknown in this very pure and perfect state of beingness. And I've not gotten this image before. I mean, there's a lot of firsts with this healing, but I'm trusting that from the core of the originating source, we are activating the very powerful healing energy and bringing it to the totality of souls throughout the known and unknown universe. I mean, I'm not, I know it sounds a little grandiose, 
But heck, it means something. And if it's helping in some way, let's go for it, guys. All right? Who cares about grandiose? We can understand it from wherever we understand it. But it can't hurt is the way I look at it. And if we are doing some real help, which I feel we are, I'm going there. I'm taking that step forward. And I don't feel any resistance from anyone else either. Okay. Well, I'm about as la la out as I can be. So I'm just checking in with Ayesha and Denise. The higher selves are placing them in a uh, protective, uh, energetic, cocoon-like um, energy field to allow them to process and acclimate as best they can, and they will be overseeing and, and making sure it all unfolds properly. Again, I want to call in divine resolution and divine uh, possibilities and divine solutions so that we find some doors open up um, divine opportunities open up for Alicia to get this healing um, manifested in her actual life pattern. Um, the forever now moment is closing down. Again, it's my indicator that uh, it's my indicator that the Healing is over, and um, so <laughs> we're back. I'm appreciating the opportunity. I'm really having, and I was just trying to answer that question earlier from Eileen, and here I am feeling absolutely In La La Land, you know, just disconnected. It's like the energy is so intense and it's pulsing, pulsing, pulsing. It's it's hard to get the sense of the sort of norma normalcy. So I'm thinking some of you are feeling that too. Um, I know it'll clear in some moments or minutes or each time it takes a different amount of time, but I'm acting, asking again for divine acclamation for myself and everyone else. Um, hi, hi, hi. So thank you again for tuning in. If you have a request for a healing, please email me, Janet at JanetRichmond.com. You can also call in. I never even gave out that darn number, which is such a oversight on my part. It's 646-668-8565. I can't do another healing right now because I'm too out of it. And the time is too um, too short, but you can call in. I I seem to be getting more email requests than live callers, so I tend to be doing that. But it doesn't mean anyone couldn't call in and ask a question or live put out a healing request, which I may or may not get to in that actual radio show. But I could hopefully would get it to it in the next one. So. I don't want to discourage callers, inners, call inners or whatever we call it. I just want to encourage anybody and everybody to contact me in some way. And it gives me the opportunity to help so many 
others. And I get the help too. I get the knowledge and the learning and the expansion myself. It's we're all part of this show. That's the way it's set up, that we all get benefit. And so thank you again. I send out much gratitude. And I send a big hello. I see that Robin has um called in, so I thank you, Robin. And say hello. Give give a big shout out hello to you and anybody else. And with that, I'm going to say goodbye for today and thank you again for all your support, everyone. Okie doke. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events, or to buy her book, Choices, Neutralizing Your Negative Thoughts and Emotional Blueprints.